always had like dreams of being a world champion and then I've seen people around me that are like got to the UFC before I was even pro like around this gym that had come to train and I was like oh so it can be done I can get to the UFC. I was 18 I had my pro debut and pretty much before that I wanted that's the goal I wanted to be world champion that's it I'm gonna be world champion I'm chasing the dream so. Uh, my name's Arnold Allen and I'm a UFC fighter. Like, what's the point of doing it if you don't want to be the best? Like, why waste your time if you just want to be another guy in the sport? And it's a lot of impact on your body, you know, your knees, your elbows, you're putting in a lot of hours and I want something shiny and gold to show for it at the end of it, at least. So I was probably about 16, 16 years old. I started sort of taking it serious. I wanted a, you know, I had a few amateur fights. I had my boxing, I stopped boxing at that point, but I was still training and uh, yeah, it was still, the goal was to be a pro fighter at that point. Like I knew I wanted to be a pro fighter. Like my dad said, you can do whatever you want, but you have to work hard at it. And I was like, okay, oh, I don't like working, so I want to fight. And uh, that, was, that was kind of when I realized oh, that's what I want to do and that's what I'm going to do. And yeah. It's going right so far. I just said, if, if there's any pullouts, I'll take it. If anyone pulls out my weight, I'll take it. And I kind of, I read it down in my, in my little sort of, my uh, dream list thing, but this is going to be when I make my debut and all that. And my plan was, if it doesn't work out and I'm not in the UFC by 21, I'm going to, I'm going to get a job. And, uh, get a normal job and uh, put MMA as like a hobby. But fortunately they, they signed me when I was 21 and I read it down. I was gonna win my debut when I'm 21, get a finishing bonus and yeah, that was it. And I, I did both, yeah. I went, for, I think the most people I fought in front of was about a thousand people maybe. I like, I fought in some bigger shows, but nothing compared. And then, uh, yeah, weeks notice they called me Oh, we've got this guy, uh, there's been a pullout. I was like, yep, let's take it. And uh, kind of the week just sort of flew by, really. It's almost like it didn't happen. But uh, we had come out, I fought in Germany against a guy fighting from Germany. I got booed, everyone's sort of shouting things at me, saying, oh, I think people were saying you're going to die, all this, grab me and all not. And I, I was just like, oh, this, this, is, this is it, this is the big time. This, this is what happens. There was 20,000 people sort of booing me and uh, yeah, shouting names at me and all sorts. Good thing they were talking German. I didn't know what they were saying, but I knew it weren't nice. But um, yeah, it was it was sort of I kind of took it in my stride. It sort of felt good. It was it was nice to have that many people there watching a the fight, even if they wanted to see me lose. So yeah, and it, it worked out. <laughs> I always kind of expected it because I worked for it and visualised it, and you know every day I thought about it and. It just felt normal in a way. It just felt like, yep, this is where I'm going to be. And, and not in a, like a, a cocky way, but it was kind of, I thought about it so much as if I'd seen it so much. I felt like I'd lived that already. So I felt like I was already there. And um, so when I was there, it was like, yeah, about, about time, you know? What took him so long sort of thing. But yeah, I, I didn't realize I was still a bit immature, 21, sort of maybe not ready for the big dogs just yet. But um, Fortunately, through injuries and stuff, it slowed me down and uh, 
I've had a slow progression and, you know, and it's worked out. I ended up having my dad in my corner for my first, the first UFC fight. He'd cornered me for like amateur fights and stuff. But that was the first time he'd cornered me in the UFC and uh, I just kind of, so I just remember thinking I, just, I can't quit in front of my dad. It's, like, it's just embarrassing, I can't do it. I was like, I know he'd be disappointed if I just sort of go, oh, I'm done, sort of thing, you know, give up a position. I was like, whatever happens, I'm, I'm winning this. I'm, I'm not going to quit. You have to take me out. And yeah, but it was just seeing him in the corner, sort of, he, he didn't even say anything. Just looking at him, I was just like, yep, yeah, I know. <laughs> just sort of looking at him, I could see in his face, he's like, oh, God, come on, like, what are you doing? But yeah, but so ever since I've had him in my corner and like, even if he doesn't say anything, it's, it's more than, it just, uh, the motivation factor of just him being there is enough for me. And maybe in a way, like I wanna like win the UFC title to do something maybe he wishes he could have done and uh, sort of, yeah, give him the belt sort of thing. My debut, the, the, my UFC debut, it was, I visualized that for months before, like I, I'd already, I'd written it down, I'd, I woke up every morning, I spent five minutes thinking about it and, you know, with my eyes closed, sat in the dark visualizing it and, uh, yeah, pretty much to a T, what I, what I imagined, what I visualized came, came to fruition. And, uh, yeah, since then, that was kind of the biggest thing that had happened that I'd visualized and sort of made happen with my mind, I guess. Or maybe it was more actually getting up and training and doing it and putting the work in, but I, I'm sure that helps too. Uh, as a fighter, I think I'm pretty well-rounded and I think that comes from just sort of being able to do things I'm not good at, basically. Like, wrestling was a weak point and I don't mind going to the wrestling club and getting taken down 50 times, you know, to make sure next time I get taken down 40 times. So I, I don't mind sucking at something as long as I'm improving. And I, I notice a lot with MMA fighters, they, there is a lot of guys that are really good at boxing that will just box. And I feel like in MMA, that's only gonna take you so far. You know, if you wanna be the best in the world, you have to be best at everything. You know, if, you're, if your grappling sucks, you have to fix it. And, and I think having the willingness to, to improve everything is, is, uh, is something that I, I, I use a lot, you know, like, um, and that helps being well-rounded. Because there are a lot of guys, they're like, oh, my jiu-jitsu's no good. They just won't come to jiu-jitsu class. They'll just do the striking class. So, yeah, it's just that willingness to do the things I'm rubbish at, basically. I think you see a lot, like a lot of people, it's a lot of, a lot of work, you know, it's, it just sort of be nice to have that, like something to show all that hard work and all that sort of getting up early in the morning, getting home late, traveling everywhere and, you know, flying different countries to get the best training in, sort of missing family, uh, missing home, all those things. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice to like make that all worth it. And it's, for me, it feels like a waste if I don't get that. So. I never really like, I always sort of downplay everything I do really, but I, I swear when I think about it, it has been a lot of hard work like to get here. Like um, in the start of it, like um, I was working like down the docks, <laughs> loading containers, funny enough. And uh, my boxing coach used to get us in early in the morning 
Like, fortunately, the boxes are in at like 4 a.m. So he'd call us, oh, we've got sparring at 4.30 if you want it. I'm like, yeah, okay. We'd come spar in the morning and then drive 45 minutes back, do a day loading containers, and then come back in the evening to do grappling. Uh, it's just days like that all the time. And it's hard graft, it's just hard work even then. And a lot of hours traveling, sitting on the train, sleeping in train stations because I missed the last train home. Um, living in a little village, that's sort of one of the bad things. The trains don't run that often. But um, yeah, and, and also traveling. I've, I travel to Canada, like that's where I train now, but in, in Canada, being away from family, I've, I've been going there for six years. So I've missed a lot of Christmases. I've missed a lot of birthdays. I've missed a lot of you know, family time. I haven't seen my friends. Obviously, I've gained a lot of new friends. I've gained a Canadian girlfriend. And, uh, but yeah, just little things. It's always the small things. I noticed when I first went there, I used to take my dog always like running with me. And I, I came back after camp. I was there for about six months and he couldn't run with me no more. And he just, in that short time, he'd, like, he'd aged so much. And every time I'm away, I'm always sort of thinking that, like, you know, when you don't see your family, sort of, oh, is everyone getting old? Is everyone okay, sort of thing. So it's always, always something that's on your mind when you're away. Just sort of think about what's going on at home. I'm 8 and 9 in the UFC now. I'm currently ranked number six, and I think I have the second longest win streak in the division. I think the champion has a longer one, I think. Um, I just need a couple more wins uh, over top competition. If I get them fights with guys ranked above me, I could beat a couple more of them, then I don't see why not. Like, why I wouldn't be in a title fight if, if I win the next two, and especially if I win them in, in uh, exciting fashion. I don't see no reason why not. And I think featherweight in the UFC is probably probably one of the most stacked divisions. It's, you know, you've got Alexander Volkanovsky who's the champion and he's beat Max Holloway twice. And a lot of people regard Max Holloway as the champion. And Max Holloway is a big hurdle to get to and he's not even the champion. So it's, it's the stacked division, but you get wins over guys like that, like you can't deny it. Uh, my name's Arnold Allen and I'm a UFC fighter. This project with Arnold was only made possible with your guys' support. By heading over to mulliganbrothers.com and buying a t-shirt, you're helping support projects like this. You can now buy the Hardest Worker in the Room t-shirt, all linked down below. There's also the Inspire Change t-shirt and the LFG t-shirt. Um, and all of that helps support these projects. This is what makes us be able to do this. And anybody who's been following the channel knows how big of UFC fans we are. So to be able to go film a UFC fighter hopefully a world champ in the future, in his gym, working out and asking some questions, um, was a is a dream of ours. It's a dream of the Mullenbrose family. So thank you so much. You have got us to this point. It, we feel the love and the appreciation and yeah, we can't thank you guys enough. And another thing, this just came through. Uh, I mentioned it in the last video. 
The Mulligan Brothers interview, 100K plaque just came through. Thank you to YouTube. Thank you to you guys who subscribed. This is our second channel. This is where you will find the full interview for the Arnold Allen. Um, you'll find highlights from the interviews and it also helps support projects like this. Um, so guys, thank you very much. This, this has only been made possible by you guys who help support us. We can get our film crew all around the world to film these documentaries, to film these interviews and projects. And thank you. That's it. That's all I've got to say. Thank you so much. If you want to see more behind the scenes, head over to my Instagram, at Jordan Mulligan Brother, um, to see what I get up to on a day-to-day -day day -day basis, to see who I'm interviewing, to see who we're interviewing next, and to see the projects as they happen and unfold. Have a blessed and productive day, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.